Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Michael Jacobs. We believe today's message will help you walk in faith and have victory now. Let me get organized here a minute and uh, see what we get into here. We're going to get into a lot of good things today. Confident of that. Let's uh, let's begin though. Um, we've got a lot of papers here, and uh, all of them are not without necessity. And kind of pinned some notes for myself, and got some sayings, and got a lot of things here to talk to you about. But I want to talk to you really about death, but I really want to talk to you about longevity. Yes. And you know, I just perhaps, maybe, I may say something you didn't know. Or I may say something you knew but didn't act on, so you didn't know it anyway. That's the way most people do. You know, they hear something once, they think they got it. Well, I've been hearing something for 50 years in December, and I'm just now getting some things. See, I'm a good student. I I don't know about you. I think all of you want to be and probably are to some level, and everybody's on a different level. But I'm just a good student, and I pay attention to God when he speaks to me. And this lesson will help you a lot. And I'll say some things I don't have written down too. That if you pay attention to it, it'll help you a great deal. Yeah. I'm looking here in my Bible a minute for something. I want you to go first of all, because we just used this scripture recently in 1 Corinthians 15, 19. And after I got home from the hospital, of course, she's already in heaven. My wife's in heaven. And by the way, I may cry through part of this. That's fine. You could cry with me if you want. If you don't want to cry, don't cry. Don't feel, ne- don't feel negative if you don't got any emotion. Right. Some people never cry. Have you ever seen a tear come ever? Right. I mean, you could tell them the world fell off the cliff. and they, <laughs> they don't act like nothing moves them. But I don't think that's always faith either. I think that's just arrogance and pride. It's good. I, I've been a crier all my life, and I don't repent for it. I, I appreciate that about God. He didn't make me hardcore on the inside. I'm sensitive to a lot of things that other people, I don't know if they even see it. But anyway, I'm just talking. And I'm going to say a lot of things in here, little one-liners that I see would help you. This is one thing. I, Lord, just won't let me get off this for a minute. And that is you need to read your Bible every day. I know that's a revelation if you don't. And that don't make you a brilliant person or a spiritual person, even if I've been doing it 50 years. And I still don't know everything. I don't know everything about any subject. I think about my faith every day. And 10 or 15 years ago, I started thinking about forgiveness. Now I think about that every day. Because you're not going to get very far in anything if you're not a forgiving person. Now, you may think you've forgiven. But you're going to have to ask God because he knows what you really think. The problem is, like Dr. Mark Hyman says, your thoughts are saying something to every cell in your body every day and to your immune system. You may be looking all that on the outside, but inside you got hate and resentment and bitterness and ugliness. And you let that name come up in a conversation, you're ready to fight. I had a lot of people call me that I hadn't talked to in a long time when this happened. And you know what? I started not to respond. But I did and I responded and called them back or texted them back and said, I appreciate your thoughts to me today. It means a lot. Yeah. Are you getting this yet? Yes. So you need, but here's what I really want to talk about for just a second. It keeps coming back up in my spirit. You've got to not just read your Bible. You're going to have to pray enough to be sensitive to hear what God's telling you to do. About what? About everything. If you're smart. He teach you how to love your mate. He teach you how to raise your kids. He teach you how to have money. He teach you how to have a healthy mind. Teach you how to have strong emotions that don't run your life. A lot of people I meet, they're old people, and they're just full of all kinds of stuff in them. Some of them just ornery, ugly. Maybe don't look it outwardly, but, you know, just sometimes I know things I don't tell to people. You know, I might try and start a fight. It's not up for me to make you believe anything. I'm just here to delivery boy today. 
But I want to tell you this, the older I get, the more importance I put on me hearing from God clearly. I'm just going to ride this a minute because the Lord just kept me standing here talking about, you know, John 10, you, you don't have to turn there if you don't want, but John 10, 27 said, my sheep hear my voice yes, sir. and they follow me. That's the other part. You didn't just hear him. You did what he said. Yes. If he says, don't do that, don't do that. If he says, do that, do that. Yes, sir. It's good. See, and you just, and you listen to God speak to you yes. about whatever it is that's important to you. I talk it over with him. I don't talk very much over with just humans anymore. I mean, I do sometimes if it's necessary in that, in the makeup of that decision, maybe, but I'm just talking about you and Jesus now, just you two. Not what your wife thinks about it or your husband or your grandma tells you or something else. But what does Jesus say about that to you? He can speak to you. He's not a stutterer. He's not dumb. If you ask him, he'll tell you. You may not like his answers, but you sure be smart if you'd listen to him because he knows something that's coming <laughs> that you could divert it. And I just thought I'd mention that, you know, and I went back and found a lot of verses on that Deuteronomy particularly, but even in the new covenant, Romans eight, you know, you remember what it says there? Those that are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. Those that are led by the spirit. I'm not led by people. I'm not led by money. I'm not led by invitations. I'm led by the Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes God tells me, don't go back to that church. So I just don't go back to that church. Whatever church I'm talking about, our church is. Then he may say, I want you to do this now, Michael. I, I want you to add this into your thinking. I said, okay, I'll enlighten me further and I'll take it a step at a time. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's important that we hear from God. His voice, and back, way back in Deuteronomy 28, I think it's verse 1 and 2, it says, if you will hear his voice and keep his commandments. It wasn't just keeping the commandments. You know, religious people got a little box, I think, in their head. They put a check mark by, I came to church Sunday. Wow, that don't make you a champion, you know. I'm not being mean. I thought Jordan was going to be a prophet this morning. He was kind of strong with you a little. I think that anointing waved on him a little. No, I'm not a mean person. You may misunderstand me. And that's your problem if you do, because I really love people. But I just don't have time to, you know, shuck and jive with people and make everybody feel good and pet everybody. You know. I pray for you. See, this is my home base. This is home base right here. So, so listen to what I'm saying. And if you don't hear from God much, I don't know what you're doing. I would say this, you're doing too much of the wrong stuff. You may not be sleeping around shooting dope, but you're just as bad as that person or worse if you don't listen to God and say you're a believer. I can't understand somebody says, I haven't heard from God in weeks. Well, then I think you need to get saved or repent. Something's wrong with you. He's always talking if you're available to listen. Yes. And sometimes I don't tell everybody everything. The Lord said, they're not going to listen to you. Don't tell them. Right. Okay. I'm not trying to hurt anybody either, but why would I waste my time talking to somebody who's not listening? Yes. You, you can become a big boy or a big girl down through here somewhere. Yes. I just try to do what he tells me to do. Okay. Yes. I'm just putting, because really I want to talk to you about healing and health. But you'll never be healed and stay healed unless you listen to God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, doctors are good, but they're not God. Come on. I give all the nurses A+. I've been in a lot of hospital rooms with my wife for seven months. And the doctors have been good too, but they're not God. They couldn't fix her. So when you, you get into a body that's not habitable anymore, you've got to leave. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm preaching better than you. Nobody's saying amen to nothing. All right. I'm going to pray and ask God for some clues about things. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not talking about figuring out your mate. Get that out of your thinking. You're going to straighten everybody out. You haven't even straightened yourself out. 
If you're honest, unless you're out of debt, walking in divine health and getting people saved, you're backslidden. You never tell anybody about Jesus. I was at the Kroger's a couple of weeks ago and a lady, I got in line, you know, and I said, how are you doing? She said, oh my gosh, I got a, well, she said, oh my God, I got a, a, a tremendous headache today. Like, what do you call those headaches? Yeah. And I said, well, let me pray for you. And Jesus, I just reached across the counter and <laughs> turned the head. I said, Father, remove that. And Jesus, I speak to that and command it to go. Amen. And she looked at me and said, well, man, I feel better. I said, well, good. That's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> I had one guy behind me. He didn't say, don't do that. Right. So I'm glad he didn't because I may have said something to him too. <laughs> All right. Uh, but I pay attention and sometimes I don't always do that unless the Lord speaks to me to do that. Yes. Are you listening? Yes. I want to teach you how to be healed and well and strong. Yes. You know, I appreciate everybody that came to the funeral. I really do. Some of them I hadn't seen five, ten years. Why well, show up when she dies and you didn't show up when I was here to help you? Right. It's wonderful. I hugged everybody with sincerity. I really did. But, you know, that doesn't go down great for me when people do me that way. You lie about me and talk bad about me, and then you call me when my wife dies to make me feel special. Okay, just talk. But I was gracious to the people that even did that. That's my point to you. Not a meanie. I just say it like it is right there. All right. Uh, you know, here we are in 1 Corinthians 15, 19. I don't know how far I'll get today, but we do the best. And I am going to minister to the sick or if you have any kind of mental issues, we're going to minister to you too. And I have refreshing in my hands if you need it. You can have it if you'd like. I mean, it's, I didn't buy it. I got it from God through my man of God in Lima, Peru. I think you're with me, Pastor Dennis, in that meeting. He said, you got refreshing in your hands, Michael. Yeah. So he said some other things to me too about my healing anointing, but let, let's read this here. First Corinthians fifteen nineteen. I knew this was in the Bible, but I hadn't thought about it in a long time. I was laying on my bed at home thinking about just, you know, watching my, my wife leave me, you know, to go to be with Jesus, which is pretty good. I mean, I'm an okay guy, but I can't compete with him. You know what I mean? Oh, man. And so it says, and so I was just thinking about her and things. And this first came across my spirit. And I said, I don't know where that's at, but I know it's in there. Because I had a little phrase that he was giving me about this life only. I remembered that. But I went back and found it in my concordance. It says, verse 19, 1 Corinthians 15, 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, or we would say in Jesus, or we would say in the anointing and his anointing and in who he is and who we are in him. I might add that all into that comment in Christ because I'm in Christ. And if you're born again, you're in Christ and you need to think about yourself as being in Christ. You're not just in you, you're in him. And more importantly, he's in us. And man, that changes everything if you know what that means. And if you don't, then you need to get studying. You're in him now. You're not just, you know, whatever your last name is or mine is or whatever. I'm in Christ. Amen. But it says we are of all men most miserable. Think about that. We are of all men most miserable because we've limited this life to the only thing this is. Yeah. And if you know me, I've been teaching you about that other world for at least 20, 30 years in this church and probably 10 more behind that when I was getting a hold of some of these things back in Otisco that there's another world that exists right alongside this world that's not less real than this. It's more real than this. But because it's not seen with natural eyes and you don't hear things in your natural ear, you think it don't exist. But if you just study the Word, stay with the Word, regardless of your experience. But now I've had a lot of experiences in that other world, both with de demonic powers and angelic beings. Yeah, I'm very thankful for all that didn't ask for any of them. Still don't ask for them. Because I don't live by my visions. I live by the Word of God. Yeah. All right. But see, what, what it's saying is, if we limit it down to this, well, she's gone. 
well, she just moved away. She departed. She didn't quit existing. And if anything, she's in a lot better place than when the last time I saw her. When she was in the hospital suffering from things. So from that perspective, I'm glad that she went to heaven. You know, and I'm going to entrust her to Jesus because he knows everything about everybody and what they need. And he completes everybody to the fullest of everything. Isn't he wonderful? He is certainly wonderful. So, and then I would just say this from my standpoint of being married to this lady almost 50 years. She would never want you or me to be miserable that she's gone. I mean, that, it'd be like, I'm going to leave and I'm going to punish you. That would be the attitude go with that. No, I'd want you to be thrilled when I leave. I'm not ready to go now. Yeah. Well, the devil said, why don't you just quit too and just throw it in? You know, you're, oh, he, you don't think he talks like that to me? Some, I got him running out of that room that last time though, when he said, and she left and everything and I knew she was gone and he said, you lost and you failed. What are you going to do about that, big boy? I said, well, I know one thing. You were in heaven, got kicked out. And you can't get back in. And that's where she went. And she's there forever. Ha, ha, ha. I win. You lose. You know, he ran off. Then I said, stick around. I'm going to throw that chain around your neck and throw you in the bottomless pit. I'm going to cheer you on. Yeah. You want to be violent, be violent against the devil and his kingdom. Yeah. And he doesn't love the devil. Get that out of your brain. All right. So we want to live our life and not be miserable, but appreciate the fact that we had her in our life, however long we had her and appreciate and value that. All right. Let me, let me read you some things here a little bit. Let's see where I want to go. First of all, uh, let's, let's go back here to the old Testament a minute to uh, the book of Psalms, and I want to go to uh, chapter 90, and I'd like you to turn there with me, because, you know, some of these things seem real evident to me now, but I mean, I was 60 years old before I figured all this out that I'm going to tell you, not the whole sermon, but this part right here, that, you know, I used to think, boy, you know, the Bible says 70 or maybe 80, if you have some strength, then I, it's like you've really achieved something. Then I found out that's not, the, that's not the course at all. That was for a group of people that disobeyed God. He told them to go into Kadesh Barnea and it was their land. And they denied that. They disobeyed God. And because of that, the curse came on them. God didn't have to curse them. They cursed themselves. In that same passage right around there where all that's revealed, it says, I will do what you say in my ears. And you remember what they said? Would to God we just stayed in Egypt. They just got delivered by one man who was anointed, Moses. <laughs> and, man, what a man. And the miracles he had to show who God was. And, and now they start complaining. Sounds like a church something to me. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, and God said, no, you're limited. You're going to maybe make it 70. Some of them didn't get that old. Or 80 if you're strong. But see, when I realized that when I was 60, I realized all of, I'm thinking I'm getting close to 70 and 80, 20 more years, I'm out of here. Then I realized I could live to be 120 if I wanted to. I'm going to show you that in your Bibles. You need to study or just listen to me. I'm helping you. But so here it is, what is recorded. But see, you got to realize too in your Bible, who's he talking to in that passage? Here it is, Psalm 90, verse 10. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, seventy years, or even if by reason of strength, fourscore years, eighty years. Yet is their pride in additional years only labor and sorrow, for it is soon gone and we fly away. But the footnote here in the Amplified Bible, I tell you that you should buy an Amplified Bible just for this. It's got a paragraph at the bottom of the page. This is what it says. This psalm is credited to Moses, who is interceding with God to remove the curse which made it necessary for every Israelite over 20 years of age when they rebelled against God at Kadesh Barnea to die before reaching the promised land, Numbers 14. Moses says most of them are dying at 70 years of age. The number has often been mistaken. You know, there's things in the Bible you're not going to get it if you don't listen. 
Now, if you made it to 70 or 80 or somebody, God bless them, they made it that far. I mean, anymore in modern history, I mean, we're dying at 45 and 50 and 36 and 18 and with COVID and stuff. But you don't have to. It says, uh, so, the, so the number has been often mistaken as a set span of life for all mankind. I wasn't even, I never saw Katie Spurney. I don't have any desire to go there either. Uh, but it's trying to tell you something. 70 years never has been the average span of life for humanity. Never. I can remember when I was about 18, I thought 50 was ancient. I've done flown past that almost 25 years beyond that. 72. When Jacob, the father of the 12 tribes, had reached 130 years, Genesis 47, he complained that he'd not attained to the years of his immediate ancestors. In fact, Moses himself lived to be 120 years old, Aaron, 123 years old, Miriam, several years older, and Joshua, 110 years of age. Note as well that in the millennium, a person dying at 100 will still be thought of as a child, Isaiah 65, 20. That cuts a different spin on it if you're paying attention. So we could live to be 120 if we chose to do it. Now, I heard Brother Copeland say this, you're not if you just eat trash all the time. <laughs> I'm just cutting to the chase. You know, if you don't eat right, you don't exercise. I mean, there's some natural things you need to take care of. You know, I'm talking to me too. At least you want to say something. I just want to uh, Some of you got a little extra on you too. Now, I'm not making fun because that extra puts a lot of pressure on your heart, your blood pressure, your arteries, and I could go on and on. I'm not a doctor, not that kind, theological. But see, we're learning some things here. That it, see, going back to what I told you the first thing, listen to Jesus. I know one thing I've tried about every diet there is and lost 20, put the same 20 back on and 10 more. So I didn't do something right. I didn't make a lifestyle change. Man, I'm preaching real good now. Don't start throwing spitwads at me either. I'm just, you do what you want. I mean, if you don't want to do anything, then just go and do whatever you got to do. But just remember, you can qualify for this. If you're listening to me, 70 or 80 is not the epitome of everything. Are you paying attention? All right, let's, let's go back for just a minute to Genesis 6. And let's see what the average lifespan was supposed to be for mankind. Back here in Genesis. I'm in Exodus. Genesis, go back to Genesis 6. And we'll look at a verse back here. <coughs> I hope that this is helping you some. I mean, we need to know what the Bible really teaches. And, you know, I'm not trying to push you to live longer. If you don't want to live, go home. I mean, that's just simple, folks. All you got to do is do nothing. You're going to go home. If you don't study, you don't pray, you don't read your Bible, you don't worship God. You don't listen to him when he speaks. You don't hear him speak. That's a problem. That's a problem going somewhere to explode. I'm not critical of you. I'm just talking to you as a real man of God. You're going to have to pay attention. Church is not a byproduct of my life. It's just one of the things I do to try to become more spiritual. <laughs> but it takes discipline. It takes sometimes doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. See, my mom said, wear clean underwear in case you get in an accident. She wasn't too trained with the word. Anybody's mother tell them that? Well, there's hands everywhere. Look at it. Our mothers were concerned we didn't have clean boots behind these, I guess. That's not a way to train your children to wear underwear. And she was my mother. I loved her and she loved me, but she didn't want me to have dirty underwear on if I got caught in an accident. You see how we've been silly? I, don't, I can't find a verse that validates that. Clean underwear. Or, <laughs> we should be clean inside and out. But anyway, you know what I mean. Here in Genesis 6, let's look here. Uh, 
at verse 1 through 3, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men. And I believe those are fallen angels that came and had intercourse with ladies. And that's where the, the Raphaim came from, the giants back then. I haven't got an hour to explain that to you. You know, it's in my book on deliverance, whole chapter. But I'm just telling you what that means, really. And they took wives and then so forth. It says, verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. So I'm seeing it. If I wanted to live 120, when I was 60, I saw this. I thought I knew something when I was 35 or 40, but I was just dumb. Right. Are you listening to me? I'm just be talking about me, not talking about you. That's a big thing to get messed up on. Yes. Right. I think I'm going to be uh, going when I'm 70 or 80. And then he's given me 120. I'm only halfway there when I was 60. I don't know. He dealt with me about a lot of things when I was 60. He wanted me to start talking to you and other people about the visions I've had. And you've heard me tell the story. I'd rather not do that. Well, why not? He said, well, I said, because I've taken a lot of persecution just for being a word man, teaching them to stand on your word. Now you want me to tell them this is my opinion and that's the way I feel. But my intimate moments with you in that other world. I prefer not to have to get up and say that in front of everybody because people misunderstand, criticize, make fun. And he said, well, it's either that or else, Michael. What do you mean by that? He's not bullying me. He's just saying you're going to be in trouble because now you're going to be disobedient to what I just told you to do. See, I paid attention. I'm not the smartest tool in the toolkit, but I do get it. And I try to pay attention. And if I didn't, I repent and back up to the last thing he said. Okay, tell me that one more time. You know, and normally he doesn't say, I'm not going to talk to you about it. He t- gives me more insight. So here it says, man is flesh. Man's a spirit who lives in a flesh body. We could say this flesh is an earth suit. You know, you get, you get out of this atmosphere, you would maybe need this. But we're in this atmosphere, aren't we? Are you still here? All right, let's go over to Deuteronomy a minute. I'm, I hope I'm, you're listening to me because I know I'm hitting a scatter load with you, but... Deuteronomy 33, and this, I find sometimes the most obscure passages that give me so much joy and so much revelation. It's over here in Deuteronomy uh, 30, let me find it, 33:25. I was reading the Bible several years ago, and I found this scripture, and it's just blessed me so much since then, and I say it every day. Now, I say, Father, as my days are, or I say it this way, more on a personal one-day basis, as my day is today, so is my strength. In other words, what am I saying? I have enough strength. I have enough uh, stability to deal with today, whatever comes, including the day that my wife went to heaven. I didn't change it up because of that. (laughs) Now, when I talk like that, you may think I don't have any feelings. You don't live with me. You don't go to bed with me. I lay down and I don't have any, anybody to hug yeah. or anybody to talk to about my day. Yes, sir. Yeah. And that's not fun right now. It's hurtful a little bit, you know. Yeah. Somebody you slept with before. I'm not, even, I'm not even talking about sex. I'm talking about a friend. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Come on. All right. I mean, you bring up something like that, people immediately go to that one thing or something. I don't know. But we need to be saying this every day. If you want strength for today, you're going to have to tell God you want strength for today. I know the men, I just gave you a free book that I paid for at the men's meeting. I wasn't there because I was in the hospital. But I needed to pass that along because on page uh, 53, it, it talks about things like that, about your words. You're going to have to say the words for yourself. Yes. It may shock you here. You're not going to cover everybody with your words. I mean, I'm a prophet. I can speak a word prophetically over a group of people. And if they take hold of it, depending on what level they take hold of that, some get a lot more than others. Some don't get nothing from it because they don't pay attention. I'm just, I just know what I'm talking about. You have to have faith in what you hear to get anything from it. If you don't believe what I say, don't mean nothing to you. You forgot it before you get to the car then I couldn't help you. It isn't that I didn't want to. I tried, but you didn't take it. 
So anyway, what is it talking here? As my days are, so shall my strength be. We need to be saying that every day, and it'll compound on you. It becomes a way of life. And I've been saying that I don't know how many years. And I mean, I've been wore out a lot of times on mission trips and things like that. And yet I still had two meetings to preach. I could have let somebody else preach. But like the Lord reminded me, you told him you'd preach for him that day. Now, Michael, what should you do? He put it right back on me. I should obey what I said. Or quit talking. Exactly. So you go preach for the man. And I said, well, Lord, I'm going to stand on this verse. He said, stand on it. I'll, I'll vouch for you. It'll work. <laughs> I went to that meeting. Man, I was so tired. Dennis, you were with me. Angie, I don't know. You were with me, too. I'm not making none of this up. I could get brutal, but I'm just giving you the basic facts. Golly, dragged me around the city and all that. It wasn't this man over here. He didn't do that. They don't do that. Let me tell you something about Myrna here. Then I'll get back to Victoria. <laughs> One time, I don't know how, you told me I've been coming about 20 years to your city and preaching for you. Yeah, maybe something like that, 18 or 20. So Myrna, she's the praise and worship leader of the church. And I don't know how many times I've been there, but we were having lunch one day, her and me and him and, you know, the pastors and whoever was with my crew. And Myrna says to me, Dr. Jacobs, is there anything you could recommend I do as a praise and worship leader when you're in town? I said, well, I think maybe you could sing a little less. Yes. And I think you should find the right songs you need to sing. See, no, no praise and worship leader ever asked me that, ever. She's the only one ever asked. And then she did it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I didn't have to go through an hour and 15 minutes of 17 songs, and 10 of them were not even anointed. That's right. Now, let's get real. You expect me to be anointed every time I stand before you. Amen. Amen. That's right. I was being kind. She was being sincere and open. And I said, well, I think maybe if you had two or three good songs that you felt the anointing on, just use those. And I wasn't, I wasn't mad. We weren't in an argument. She just politely asked me and I told her what I thought. You know, because the people, they just go forever. And a lot of other people in other cultures do that too. And that's their deal. I'm not criticizing. It's just not my thing. Unless it's anointed, then we can. So, so anyway, praise God. And, you know, I noticed the next time she got up to minister for me, when I was there anyway, she made it condensed. She made it more anointed. And she never critiqued me and said, you know, uh, you know, I'm sorry I ever asked him that. She's never acted like that. Most people never ask good questions like that because they're afraid what I'll say. <laughs> I know you. I know you. I still love you, but I know you. You think you got it all figured out. I know. Here's another thing. Think about healing and health. You're not going to get it out of your brain. The only way you're going to get anything out of your head is to have your mind renewed. I got a quote here from Dr. Dufresne about longevity. Longevity comes from living out of your spirit and not out of your head. And that's how we have real success. See, I paid attention. I ripped it out of one of his books. I got 10 more just like it. And I highlighted it. This is, what, this is another thing he said about longevity. Longevity isn't automatic. Just because I taught you today from the Bible, you could live 120. It's not going to automatically be 120. You just do whatever you want to do and talk any way you want to talk, live any way you want to live. I'm trying to help you. You need to be focused. <laughs> There's a Bible verse. I'll give it to you. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 35 says that we ought to attend upon the Lord without distraction. It's kind of like you get quiet for a few minutes and go somewhere and say, I'm going to worship God for 45 minutes. And in five minutes, you're thinking about a ham sandwich, macaroni and cheese, what's in the refrigerator, what you need to do to mow the yard, wash the dishes, whoever you are, whatever your deal is. And they floats through your head and before you know it, you're, you're, you've lost out. You didn't even make it five minutes. You're right. It's true. Now you think I'm hard on you and being smart like I am not. Listen, I live this way. For the most part, I don't have a lot of hobbies. 
Somebody act like I'm crazy because I don't have a lot of hobbies. I said, I'm a man of God. I pay attention to that first. If I have time, I might have a hobby. But when my wife got sick, I didn't try to do that and still preach. That'd be half committed. I knew that my wife loved me. And if I was in her shoes, she would have never left me. That's somebody that's just a fleshly, low-life person. There's no covenant in that. You know, the only people in my life that are real important to me are covenant-minded people. I care about other people, but I'm going to have to get them covenant-minded before they ever understand much, because that's the way God is. Are you listening? Yeah. See, you know, the devil told me, why don't you just throw in the towel too and just go on home with her? The devil said that. And then Jesus, he just spoke right up. He didn't even give me a chance to think about it. I'm glad he didn't. He said, you told me when you were 38 years old that you guaranteed that you would stay in the earth and do my will until you were done. And that's when I was hurting in the side for three or four years at that point, every day and every night suffering. And I told him, I don't think I want to stay here anymore. I was 38 years old. And he said, well, you're about to come home if you don't stop that thinking like this. And you better get a hold of me. You better get a hold and think this through, Michael, because you're, you're starting to get a vision of coming up to me. And if that vision gets completed, you're coming out of your body, whether you want to or not at that point, because that's what you have faith for, because you're hurting so bad. So I thought about it for about two weeks. I didn't talk to him for about two weeks. Didn't have anything to talk about. That was the main urgent thing that he was talking to me about. So I said, okay, I'm making covenant with you now about me and my body. I'm willing to stay in it as long as I need to, to do your will, to finish what you've told me to do. He just reminded me that, you know, see, you remind God of things. If you talk to God, he'll put it back on you, what you told him you'd do too. He, did, he knew he didn't want my mind to drift away thinking what the devil said. And I wasn't talking as fast right then as I was when I talked to him about, you know, us losing. In fact, I said to him, another thing I said, well, she gained. The Bible says she gained. So how could you lose gaining? Are you listening? But see, he put that right back on me. He said, you told me, Michael, when you were 38, you would do this. Of course, it was another 10 years before I got healed. So I know what I'm talking about. I lived this. I lived in this body right here, hurting every day for 14 years. And then Dr. Dufresne got in my life. He'd been in my life a few years at that point. And then he just said at lunch one day, I mean, just said at lunch, put his fork down, fire shot out of his eyes. He said, Michael, that pain's going to leave you. And furthermore, that indebtedness you got in because you didn't have insurance, that's going to be wiped out. I dropped my fork too and went, praise God. I think it was at O'Charlie's when that happened. Anyway, I hope you're listening to me. I'm preaching some things to you. If, okay. Here, here, there's another thing about longevity. It says, my longevity, this is all from Dr. Dufresne, depends on me living in the will of God. And if I'd ask you, are you in the will of God? And then you'd say, well, sure I am. Well, why is that? Because you go to church? Well, that's not the will of God. That is a part of the will of God, but that's not all there is to it. I mean, it's 168 hours in a week, and we only have one real service other than the youth service on Wednesday. And if you're not a youth, you don't need to be here. So you got one service for two hours, and that makes you in the will of God? Right. If you're married to somebody and you're with them two hours a week and then went and lived with Betty and Jane, and would that be right? No. Or your wife was living with Bill and Jim and came home on weekends to meet you? See, let's get real about this a minute. When I say I'm in the will of God, I mean I'm in the will of God, good, acceptable, and perfect will of God as far as I can see it right now. Yes. I'm not intentionally trying to step out of that. Right. <laughs> I mean, and if I begin to veer a little bit, I mean, I'm pretty sensitive and Lord deal with me. Or I just all of a sudden dawned on me, maybe I shouldn't, whatever. Right. And just get right back over there. In the will of God is your protection. In the will of God is your fulfillment. In the will of God is your supply. Amen. Coming to church is a part of it, but baby, it is not, not the whole thing. I buried a lot of people that went to church here. And most of them loved God. 
Most of them took notes from my stuff, and boy, I used to give you notes. Yeah. My longevity depends upon me living in the will of God. Here's another one. Longevity isn't automatic. You have to obey God. If he tells you to do something, you have to obey him. You don't have to, but you'll be in disobedience if you don't. We, Dad, you say it this way. In your in disobedience, you open the door to the devil. Now, if you're a baby Christian and God only knows, you know, who's what, whatever, you could be 47 in a baby Christian. You could be 58 in a baby. You could be 80 in a baby Christian. But he will judge you based on your level of knowledge and whatever you're doing with what you do know. But he's always going to expect you to grow up. And that's a lot more than just coming to church. Thank God we're here. We all love God. We want God. We want to know him better. And I'm trying to teach you some about how to know him better. I never did read this verse, I don't think. But in Deuteronomy, I'm still there. Can you believe it after all this time? <laughs> 3325, it says, Thy shoes shall be as iron and brass. And as thy day, so shall thy strength be. I think the Amplified, I had it written in here, says, As your days are, so shall your rest and security and peace be. Something like that. But here's a thing I got out of a book that I obtained a while back on healing. It says, uh, may your strength last as long as your days. So if I lived to be 103, then my strength would still be there according to that verse if I believed it. There's something else you got to realize. You don't have to know the whole Bible to get to be successful. It's helpful to know a couple more things than the average Joe because the average Joe's failing. The average Susie, she's failing. Because she just goes to church, she never pays attention, doesn't take notes, doesn't listen, doesn't do anything, goes home, got notes, throws it in the closet, and gets the Bible out, and that note a week ago, a week and comes back and does the same thing again and again and again. I'm trying to help you here. I'm not being mad, I'm not mean, I'm trying to help you. This is how I live, this is how I do it. My, my, my spiritual father went home. I said to the Lord, the only thing I could do in honesty, I said, if you had somebody else you want me to submit to, you talk to me and I'll do it. But if not, I'm just going to keep on living like I'm living now. He said, well, I, I, you're going to be a daddy. You already are to some, but I'll bring more with you. And some of them won't stay. Don't let that bug you. Yeah. Yeah, I've had them leave left and right at times. People that I invested in. My faith, my communication, my finances, but on and on I could go. And they just doo-dooed on me and left me for nothing. You know, I'm not mad at them. They can go ahead. They want to be a failure, but that's a good way to fail is say you're in covenant with somebody. And because they got a little hiccup or maybe I had to say something a little strong, which I'm not looking to do. But if I had to, to help prevent them from dying, I would talk to them for sure. And... See, we're talking here about things, aren't we? Your people, this is another translation, your people, that's you and me and Jordan and us, you people, your people will be powerful as long as they live. Think about that. Be powerful as long as they live based on this one verse. Here's some more. You with, you with me? So It gets better. As were the days of your youth, so also shall be your old age. I don't think I can run around the track as fast as I used to when I was in high school, but I can run if I have to. And I can walk quick if I have to. As the days of thy youth, so also shall thy old age be. You'll be strong all your life. These are other translations of this verse I'm talking to you about. Your strength shall continue as long as you live. Your strength lasts as long as you live. Man, that's, that's precious. Praise God. Your strength can last like that. Isn't that amazing? Now, let's talk about a few more things here. I don't know. Does that time on the bottom mean how long I've been preaching? Okay, thank you. Oh my. I know I ask that every time. You keep forgetting I do sometimes. <laughs> this, is, this is my spiritual father, what he said. I'm going to talk to you further about it in a minute. You're going to have to learn to rest your body if you're going to have longevity. To me, this generation right now that's in the earth, not only have they lost honor for people that should be valued, like the preachers that love you, 
like the policeman that protects you <laughs> and things like that. And it's just like nobody seems to have any respect for anything but themselves. They're so full of ego and pride and arrogance. They just think they're all that in two bags of chips. I mean, I just see it on TV constantly. I meet people like that in real life when I'm out doing things. I mean, you know, I don't interfere with things that God doesn't tell me to interfere with. I don't want to get in a fight at Kroger's because some guy's talking down to his wife. But if he hit her, I'd jump him out. Even if I lost, he'd have to handle me. So anyway, I don't know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, I'm not trying to be rough and rowdy like that anymore, but, you know, don't push me. <laughs> yeah, I had a guy in here, he, he, was, he was married to a lady who came to church, then he came to church, and he was just causing all kinds of problems here. He was screaming and yelling at his wife in the back when the people were picking their kids up after church. I got two reports on it, so after the second one, I met him at the front door. I said, step outside here with me a minute. Well, uh, fortunately, I think Steve may have stepped out with me too that day and Jacob, my son and all thinking I might need some help. <laughs> Thanks for doing that. But I said, listen, listen, you want to beat your wife up and scream and holler, go up to Frisch's and do it in their parking lot. You are not welcome at my church anymore because you're making my people feel very uncomfortable. And my job is to guard the sheep and you're not one. Now, either straighten up or I will throw you out. If you don't think I'm big enough to do it, I got these two men and I can put a restraining order on you. You want to go to Frisch's, knock her out and play in the yard? I don't care. Let you just fight each other and pull each other's hair out up there. But you're not going to come here at my church and cause this kind of, un this kind of unpeace and unsettling. Some of my people that are normal don't like that. <laughs> and neither do I. I didn't say you were spiritual, just normal. Okay. <laughs> Hang on. Don't take that too far. <laughs> oh, back to the beating of the... T uh, <laughs> I, saw, I saw you, Victoria, and thought about it. <laughs> it's a true story. They were in that meeting with me, and, and you were with me. I don't know who else was with me. <laughs> they brought this lady in, and I preached on the name of Jesus. I was like a wild man. I didn't have any notes either. I just off the cuff. And they brought in this lady and set her in a chair. It looked like her arm was broke, but she had bloody upside of the face. And they said, this lady uh, owed some money to some drug addict people. And they found her up the street and beat her, beat her up pretty bad. I'd like you to pray for her. So I prayed for her. You know, she got healed. You know, the pastor had a mother that was about 80 years old that walked on a cane. I prayed for her. God healed her leg. She threw her cane away and was walking up and down the streets by the next day, witnessing to her neighbor people. What happened to you? Well, I got healed. 80 years old and walking normal now. Yeah, right. And, and Miss, Miss uh, Victoria here, she had something wrong with your scalp, if I remember. And I laid hands on her and she kind of sailed through the air that night, I think. <laughs> it seemed like that to me. And God healed. You got healed, didn't you? Sure. Yeah. See, but what, see, I would, if I had start complaining, remember I was already tired. I told you that. <laughs> And, and I said, I was bargaining with God. How about I'm one of these sons? I'll go and support them, but I won't preach. How about that? Well, you told so-and-so you were going to preach for him, Michael. You know, he always calls me Michael. Oh, man, I know I'm in trouble. So. <laughs> no, you said you'd preach for him. You, are, are you a man of your word or not? I said, yes, sir, and I will change my clothes, put on clean underwear. <laughs> take a shower and I'll go preach. And then the drivers got lost in Mexico city, a city of 40 million people or whatever it is. It's huge. It makes Louisville look like you. Oh, Tisco. I'm not kidding you. They got lost and I thought we were never going to get there. We were an hour late and then they're still playing the box. And that went on for 30 or 40 minutes while I'm standing there. At least I finally sat down in the chair. I, I'd already preached once that morning and walked to a restaurant with these folks five miles and then all the whole. Or is this just your date event? No, it's my telling you the truth. You would have been tired too. Maybe you'd have just called my room and say, hey, doc, I'm not coming tonight. Is that okay? I'm going to go to bed. I said, yeah, go ahead if they felt like that. But I felt like that. I said, I just would like to order some food in here and go to sleep. The Lord said, well, you're a man of your word. You better, this is what it takes here. 
I said, okay, I'm back on Deuteronomy 33, 25. See, but I tried, I kind of wavered there for just a second, but I got back on it. And you know, God sustained me that night. We had miracles. And it was a great service, I thought. I mean, he, I'm not, not because of me, in spite of me. But anyway, there's a couple more things about longevity. I'm going to, I'm going to let you go in a minute. Uh, let's see, Dr. Dufresne, so you're going to have to learn to rest your body if you're going to have longevity. Let's, let's go back to Mark a minute, Mark chapter 6. Let me give you a couple of verses that would help us here. Mark chapter 6. And verse 30 and 31, thinking about resting. Now, I don't mean sleep all day. That's not what I'm preaching. <laughs> Just lay around, don't do nothing. Expect God to take care of you when you're, you should be doing something. But, but we, we, you're in a mortal body. It's a, it's a natural body. I don't care how spiritual you get, you're still in a natural body. And you push it to the extreme and it'll break down on you. Some call it burnout. Some call it rust out. I don't know. But it's just you can't push yourself beyond where you should be going. It just seemed to me like everybody's got so many things going on. And not any time for hardly anything. Yeah, just talking. I mean, you know, if you're married, you ought to have time for each other. No matter what your age is. If you want you to have a good marriage, you've got to have time to talk to each other and be together as a couple. I won't go on to all the details, but you figure out what being each other's friend, being each other's lover. Hey, that takes time. If you're going to do things right. All right, just, just throwing out things here. You've got to learn to rest, though. You can't just push yourself into oblivion and then say, God, heal me. He may do it a few times because he's merciful. He's done it with me a few times. I remember when I first started going on the mission field, I took the first three or four trips. I came back and we, he and I had a big talk. I said, you told me you want me to travel internationally. And every time I come home, my children and my wife tell me I'm grouchy. And I feel like I've been pulled through a knothole backwards. It takes me about three or four days to get normal. He said, well, I'm glad you're asking me. It's the first time you spoke up about it right now. I'll teach you how to do that where you're not like that. And he has. I've been on over 110 mission trips all over the world. And sometimes I was tired, like coming back from Kuwait. Dennis and I fell asleep before the plane ever took off the runway. <laughs> Woke up four hours later. And God bless that sweet attendant. She said, you guys want your dinner now? We sure do. Did you save us some? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, we went to bed at 2 o'clock. We went to bed at 1 o'clock and got up at 3 o'clock and went to the airport Anyway, it was just, and it was a long trip. You know, Kuwait's way over there where we're at war with Iraq. I think that's where we were, yeah. At Kuwait there in the sands of Kuwait. Anyway, look at this. Here Jesus says, verse 30 and 31, Mark 6, and the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. Are you listening? You get so busy, you just don't have time to almost think. And you know, I know your kids are great, and I love them. I love them. I have kids too, now I have grandchildren. But I limited my children's ability to do everything. Whatever you think I could care less, they're my kids, not yours. I love you, but I didn't let them just get involved in everything. And furthermore, I said, this is your church. No, you're not going to church with those kids that go down the street because that's not your church. And we wanted our kids to have good friends in our church. Because at least there's some similitude that they understand what we're saying together because I'm teaching the same thing to everybody. How many are really listening? How many wish I'd shut up? Okay. One or two. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm teasing. But you've got to rest. You've got to take time to rest a while. You do. I know one of my closest friends, Pastor Debbie Simons, said to me in the back room, we were having a meal and she had to leave to catch a flight. She said, Dr. Jacobs, you, you just need to remember this. I know you need some rest because you've been in the hospital a lot. I understand that. But just remember, we need you in the body of Christ and we need you preaching to us. And I just want to remind you, you know, don't stay gone too long. And Pastor Nancy told me the same thing over the phone a couple of days pre previous to this happening. 
Anyway, I'm just talking to you here, trying to share my heart. You've got to learn to rest, though. And I'm not going to sleep for a month or whatever, but I'm just going to take some time because my hours are all messed up. I mean, I woke up at 4.30 this morning wide awake. So what did I do? I prayed. Start praying in tongues. Hallelujah. You need to rest your body. Here's another thing that makes people sick. Worry. You can't worry about things. Well, how about me? What about me? What, what do you think I would worry about? Well, what are you going to do now? You don't have a wife. Not only was she a wife, she's my best friend. She's my lover. She's my companion. We made joint decisions. I didn't run everything. She didn't run everything. We mutually did that. And we would submit to each other in different areas that I thought were appropriate. She's smarter than me in some areas. And I, I acknowledged that and I appreciated that. It helped make me more rounded. See, I didn't try to become her personality. She didn't kind of try my personality. And there, of course, there's a little bit of conflict sometimes, just good conflict, because you're just different people. But I had a good marriage. So what am I going to do now? See, you get in that, and then if you're not careful, you start worrying. What am I going to do? How's this going to work? Are anybody listening to me? <laughs> I'm talking to you. I know if I want to talk, I can call Pastor Dennis or I can call Pastor Rogan or Pastor Parker or Pastor Erasmo or, or Pastor Rabel here. They've been close friends to me for a long time. But it's still different, you know, that's a friend and things like that. I'm just talking to you here. You've got to stop worrying. You've got to stop worrying. Okay, I'm taking so much time. Let me just uh, say something here in closing. A uh, couple things. I want you to turn first to Proverbs 3, and I'm going to read out the Amplified Bible, if that'd be okay with you, just for a minute, a few verses here. But I wanted to mention something else before we actually close, if you would allow me to do that. And that is... Um, I had a, Diana had a magazine from Brother Copeland. Now, Brother Copeland's a prophet too, but he was a little different than Dr. Dufresne. I love Brother Copeland. He's a wonderful man of God, but he, he's a different kind of prophet than my prophet. And so, you know, my thing is, I listened to Dr. Dufresne every day of my life. I got tapes on in my car of him, Dr. Dufresne. Got stuff at home, got a lot of DVDs and other things because he feeds my mantle. Yes. Now, Jordan has done a superb job of being a pastor. And if you're paying attention, you're fed well here. And he's very clear. He's very anointed as a pastor. And he's helping you. You know, and if you didn't feel that, then you need to find the right person to help feed you. And I'm not trying to get you to leave. I'm trying to talk some sense into all of us. And so, uh, but Brother Copeland had this, uh, what his victory uh, newsletter thing, you know, his little booklet. Uh, and Diana had it, this from a long time ago, and she said, handed it to me, oh, I don't know, maybe two years ago, and I read it, and it was really good. It was just what he's talking about. When you can, you can be anointed in your 70s, but you have to be 70 to be anointed in the 70s anointing. You could, well, if you're 55, you're not going to get anointed with what you have when you're 70, because it's not available yet. Now listen carefully, you can learn something here. This is coming from him, but I agreed with him. And he said, the problem is that preachers are dying so young, we never get into those other deeper anointings that you have when you're 80, 90, 100. They're all passing away. All the main people that I knew and when I was growing up under the word, they're all gone. T.L. Osborne gone, Norval Hayes is gone, Dr. Dufresne's gone, Brother Hagen's gone, Lester Summerall's gone. Need I say more? They all lived about 80-something. Brother Oral, Brother Oral lived to be 92 or 3. And T.L. Osborne lived in his 90s. But they're both gone too. So it's a different day right now in the earth. But what I'm saying is Brother Copeland was talking about that. And he said that's the key to get long life because you get into different areas of anointing as you get older. And of course you have to be faithful. You have to do what's right and not be a jerk or something like that. You listen to me? But boy, what an exciting article. That I don't have it with me, but I have some notes here that I wrote about it. 
he says there's an anointing for 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 and more if you get there. And it's with a promise. Renewing of your mind is critical. The anointing of God is designed to develop with your age. And don't get, don't get upset if you're only 22. You're not going to have a 55-year-old man's anointing or a lady. Right. You're just not going to have it. You're 22. You, you, know, you might fudge a little in some areas, but you're not going to get the full wad because you're not qualified to reach that at that 22 instead of 55. Right. You might, God may jump you a little in some of those areas. I don't know. That's, I'm just throwing that out for thought because he's able to do beyond what can ask or think. But I don't think that's going to be the typical thing. You just learn line upon line and, and you build on that and you be faithful to that and then more comes, more comes. Okay. This is what my spiritual father said. For a stronger anointing to come, you must be prepared first. Your life, the length of your life is not defined by family history. Every doctor I've ever went to all my life, I'm 72. Uh, they say, well, you know, what did your mother die with? What did your father die with? What about your aunts and uncles? Anybody have cancer? Anybody have this? Anybody have that? Heart trouble, da, 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 or whatever. Because they're thinking that genetically, you're an offspring of them. You've got similar genes. But, you know, here's something else to think about. Uh, your DNA, I wrote something about that. I'm trying to remember what was on this page or the next or someplace I put it. Um, uh, let's see here. Dynamic... Uh, New anointing was the words I got for that DNA. So you got new genes, not blue genes, but new genes internally. And, you know, God can change what you do have if you follow him and you need that. He can help you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I went to a doctor two years ago. He says, you got cancer. I said, and I didn't argue with him. I didn't think I had it. Went to another doctor. He said, same thing. So, hmm. So what'd you do? Well, I prayed. And the second one, because I respected him. Hey, listen, if you don't like the guy you go to, you better find the right person or lady because yes, they're different, all, just like preachers. Yep. Yes, and uh, so I went to another one recommended to me by my doctor who doesn't like me to tell everybody I'm her client because she doesn't have personal patients like me. But I said, no, I like you. I'm just going <laughs> to. She sent me to the guy that she knew. And at first he thought, well, I think there's something there. And then we talked and everything. And it wasn't. I had a bad bacterial infection in my body. Mm. It took me about three months of taking his medication that he prescribed to get over it. Yeah. But I never had cancer. Yeah. And he wanted me to do a test, a biopsy. I let him do it. See, I don't know if that helps you or not. Don't tell your aunt and uncle about me. I'm talking to you today if you're paying attention. And just because somebody says you have something doesn't mean you have it. I don't care if they're looking under the microscope. Look, look, learn to lengthen your brain out and your thinking out when I say stuff like that. Are you listening? I hope you are. I wasn't trying to be mean to them. The guy sees me for the first time in a 10-minute interview. He tells me I've got cancer. I think, well, that's wild. I thought he was a little wild. Okay, I'm going to read this out of Proverbs here, chapter 3 to you. Remember that? <laughs> i got to hurry up. Proverbs 3 from the Amplified Bible, starting in verse 1. My son, forget not my law or my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments or his words. The, and the, for length of days, that would include longevity, wouldn't it? Length of days and years of a life worth living. <laughs> oh, man, that's, listen to this. This is so good from the Hebrew. <clears throat> for length of days and years of a life worth living and tranquility inward and outward. He's got inner peace. She's got inner peace, but she's got outer dignity and peace out here too. <laughs> Listen to this. Inward and outward, continuing through the old age till death, these shall they add to you. Let not mercy and kindness be shut out from you uh, and so forth. And don't be selfish. Uh, but then it goes on verse four. So shall you find favor and good understanding and high esteem in the sight uh, 
of God and man. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And do not rely on your own insight or your understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him. You've got to know him. And he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear and worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. These are all keys to living a long life. It shall be health to your nerves. You know, there's a, there's a run on nervous breakdowns right now and mental stuff. I'm telling you, it's wild out there. And I'm not making fun of people that get broke down in their minds, but you know, you could be healed of that too. Yeah. I pray every day and I say, Father, I believe that my mind is, is, is registered by the Holy Ghost. He, he creates the chemicals. And I, and found, I found out scientifically that the same part of my brain that controls my speech controls the secretions of things in my brain to the different parts of my body. So that my mind is balanced. My brain is balanced. Well, I just told you a real secret there. Took me years to figure that out, but I figured it out. It shall be health to your nerves and sinews and marrow and moistening to your bones. What a verses. What some verses. Those are just outstanding verses. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. To view Dr. Jacob's travel itinerary, order products, and more, please visit cotrin.org slash mjm.